The following is for entertainment purposes only. While the information may be somewhat accurate, the hosts are by no means, how do I put this politely, historical authorities. Enjoy the podcast. That history is the craziest thing that you've ever heard. That history is the wackiest thing in the whole wide world. It's all true. Make with the stuff. Well, hello and welcome to this year in history. Damn it! Yay! The show where we look back, even though we may not want to. What? <laughs> We're here with uh, what's your name? Mark. I'm John. I'm the other Mark. And this year we're looking at. Well, no, not okay. Today we're looking at the year 1907. Wow, you got a problem with that? <laughs> oh, this intro has been just put out to pasture. This this intro needs some coffee. I'm telling you, man. Wow, <laughs> I think I need that. <laughs> yes, okay. we are looking at the year 1907 and seeing seeing what was wrong with well, it. Well, now wait a minute. Now hold on. <laughs> 1907 didn't know any better. It was a young year. For You're God's right. Sakes. And what yes. happened on New Year's? day of January 1st, 1907, is President Teddy Roosevelt held an open house at the White House and Ooh. offered to shake the hand of anyone who stopped by. And by the end of the day, he had set a record by shaking 8,513 hands in one day. Clearly, clearly no pandemic was running around that time. <laughs> right. Not then. Uh, let's see. The record held for 70 years until July 1977 when a guy in New Jersey shook a hundred uh, eleven thousand hands in one day was he running for anything uh no i think he was just friendly maybe i i don't know hello hello <laughs> hello hello <laughs> so uh a couple days later on january 4th the entire university of pennsylvania football team jogged on stage with a giant football and sewed magician harry houdini inside what the hell that's the best one ever <laughs> Uh, he was chained and padlocked at the time, and he, he escaped in 35 minutes. I bet he chewed his way out. <laughs> I wonder if he knew they were. Probably, going what would you down. do? Okay, Mark, you're you're chained, you're you're gagged, you're inside a giant football. How are you going to get out? <laughs> He's thinking. How would I get out? Hmm, probably a chainsaw. Well, you know, Harry Houdini was was known for hiding like keys. Uh, he would re he would regurg and he would regurgitate keys. So you're saying you'd you'd regurgitate a chainsaw? <laughs> oh, seriously? I want to know how. So this whose idea was it to put Houdini in the football? I I don't know, but he was very busy in 1907. He escaped he escaped from a coffin, a riveted iron bar boiler, a plate glass box. Uh, he got tied up with cord and fishing line, which I assume was intentional. Uh, he got. <laughs> <laughs> And he was even, they put him in the belly of a whale that had washed ashore. Oh, Boston. that must have smelled great. Escape. Wait, yeah. they, he actually did that? He did the whale? Yeah. Yeah. On top of in 1907, he was jumping off bridges all the time. <laughs> I could understand the jumping off bridges part. It's after, I was like, I'm so tired of this life. I'm tired of this life. I'm escaping stuff. <laughs> oh, look, he's doing another stunt. <laughs> Don't stop him. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful? Did you see the splash? He got stopped in Chicago because it, he didn't have a permit to jump off a bridge. <laughs> oh, you need a permit to jump off a bridge in Chicago? I guess oh. so. Oh, I didn't know that. I guess so. I guess there goes your uh, vacation plans, Mark. In Duluth, uh, I don't have to pay any fees or anything. So I'm just going to get up. <laughs> I'm going to go to Duluth and find a bridge. Not 
not until Evil Knievel was it did anybody equal him. In, well, Evil Knievel is the opposite. Evil would say he would do something and then never follow through and just wreck. I broke every bone in my body five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I take it back. He's not Evil Knievel had nothing to do with Houdini. Spe- speaking of Rex, while researching 1907, I was struck by the sheer number of shipwrecks that happened in 1907. But in the research, the most interesting, and also trains were derailing, ships were wrecking, trains were derailing. The most <laughs> fascinating story I found was uh, jumping ahead to November 7th. Uh, Jesus Garcia, a brakeman on the Mexican Railroad, saved the entire town of uh, Naco Zori Sonora. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's close enough. Go yes. ahead. When he drove a burning train loaded with dynamite away from the town before it exploded. So wait a minute. So he drove a train, a flaming train loaded with dynamite. He had pulled into town and stopped at Nakozari, Sonora. Yeah, that's it. And uh, he was resting and noticed a pile of hay on the roof of a train car filled with dynamite had caught fire and had apparently started by a spark from the locomotive's uh, faulty smoke box and the spark had blown out the smokestack and a strong gust had carried it into the train's dynamite cars so he put the train in reverse and drove it downhill at full steam got about a 60 kilometers out of town before it blew up and it killed him but spared the population of the mining town and he's become a national hero and so there's a lot of streets schools plazas named after him you know, really, with that lesson, you, you come away with is, you know, you, you got to watch your smoke box. You got a faulty smoke box. <laughs> I that I don't know. That wasn't that a movie. huh? It should have been a movie. You're right. Let's make it with puppets. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. Now we jump to November. Is it, there's only like one month left this year? <laughs> well, no, no, that, that we were just I was just I was talking about the sheer number of train uh, shipwrecks. Everything. It's been fun. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Mark's got to take his Ethernet and go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Moving back to March. Yes. March of 1907, uh, uh, the U.S. Congress passes the Expatriation Act decreeing that women who are U.S. citizens can lose their citizenship if they marry a foreigner. Ooh, what? Wow. That's hard. Yeah. And, and however, male U.S. citizens could marry a foreigner and retain their citizenship. That's not fair. So wait, wait, this, who, who decided on this? Uh, the U.S. Congress. So again, women have no rights, but men do. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of changed. Things began to change. Uh, 1917, the U.S. entered World War One, and hundreds of women found themselves screwed over by the law. And in 1920, women got the right to vote and started lobbying lawmakers so that by the 1940s, attitudes and laws had changed. Women could marry foreigners and retain their citizenship. Wait a minute. That's quite a stretch. We're going from 1907 to the First World War. That's 1917 to, to 1920, just to get to vote. And then 1940s is when the thing is turned around. Yeah. S- this, somebody had to start this. Somebody had to say, you know what? This is just not right. You know, these ladies marrying foreigners. There's plenty of good American men available. <laughs> 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 yeah, it doesn't really say. Uh, Maybe it was a slow day for legislation, and they just had to make something up. I think they just couldn't get laid, and they didn't like the competition. There you go. Just eliminate the competition. Later in the summer of 1907, Will Kellogg was looking for a new way to market his cornflakes and came up with Wink Day. As part of the ad campaign, women were encouraged to wink at your grocer and see what you get. <laughs> <laughs> 
in return the grocer would give them a free box of cereal oh really that all it took so all right so ladies had to wink at their grocer and their grocer would throw a box of cereal at them maybe the idea? i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> well yeah yeah it, it they would do it on wednesdays in new york uh and in its day it was considered daring and risque uh, uh kellogg had been warned that uh, he would fail unless he conquered the u.s market uh and so he did this and within a year he was shipping 30 train cars loaded with cereal to new york <laughs> just cornflakes this was romance in the days before radio or before you know and prophylactics didn't they come in the box there's a little prize inside <laughs> yes a little prize inside well it's 1907 yes. yeah CC. sorry to wake you it's 1907 i was just on a ship that crashed I just, sorry i was late <laughs> that's funny because i was just on a train that blew up <laughs> interesting time because it because it does you know, you predate movies, you, your movies are just getting into a thing and then and there's no radio and your phonograph records are barely there. It's it's like, what do you do? But speaking of entertainment. Hold on, I got it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> July 8th, 1907, Florence Ziegfeld yes. stages his first follies on the roof of the Jardin de Paris Theater in New York. Yes, he does. Yeah, on the roof. Okay, moving on. <laughs> right. Anybody fall off the roof? Anybody fall off the roof? Is that where the follies come from? Like somebody fell? But we'll change the change the A to an O. The follies. <laughs> There's no business like ah! the, the audience goes with them because they want to hear the end of the song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They or they leave. give you they give you complimentary ear horns so you can hear them on the way down. Yeah. Complimentary ear horns. I'm buying a ticket. <laughs> Mark, am I you okay? What the hell? <laughs> I was doing a little Zigfield background checking. <laughs> okay, well he just okay, so we're moving from the roof to where? Where are we going now? We are now going to August eleventh, nineteen oh seven. What was I doing? <laughs> You know, the people in 19, 1907 didn't want to didn't want this year to go on this long either. <laughs> oh, no, they didn't. Okay, uh, August eleventh, nineteen oh seven, the Nimrod expedition begins. Stop. What do you think the Nimrod expedition was? That's that's what my mom called my future hope, or my future dreams. <laughs> Some people call it going to college. I call it the <laughs> Nimrod expedition. <laughs> That's I'm I'm curious what is the Nimrod well, expedition? Well, I'm glad you asked. It was a British Antarctic uh, expedition led by Ernest Shackleton. Uh, he sailed on a ship called the Nimrod in a bid to become the first at the North Pole or maybe South Pole. I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> he was going to take the boat dipshit, the SS dipshit, but just, <laughs> but decided the Nimrod was open. But anyway, uh, January fourth. Uh, 1909, Shackleton declared, we have shot our bolt. <laughs> what the when rim shots go wrong. 97.5 right. geographical miles from the South Pole. They planted a Union Jack flag, turned around, and went back to New Zealand. Just threw it, just threw it in the first chunk of ice they saw. And went, oh, you know, this place is cold. I don't like this cold. Let's get out of here. I don't like it. Well, you're telling me. <laughs> wow. I do I do wonder if that that the derogatory use of that word comes from the failed expedition that he did. 
I think Nimrod's in the Bible. Right next to dumbass and dickless. <laughs> Seriously. I know that. that and lo, they went onto the land, dipshit Nimrod. <laughs> big up dipshit, big up Nimrod. Big up dickless. Anyway. Anyway. So August 24th, the International Anarchist Congress of Amsterdam meets in the Netherlands. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it is organized by the Belgium and Dutch anarchist groups and include members from the Netherlands, Germany, Bohemia, and London. The group's declarative memo was not endorsed by French anarchists who rejected the very idea of an organization mm. Mm. <laughs> because they're anarchists. <laughs> this is anarchy. This meeting is because... going out of control. Yay! 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 Uh, moving on, uh, before 1907, it was illegal to marry your dead wife's sister in England. Sadly, <laughs> <sighs> uh, things changed when parliament of the United Kingdom passed the deceived wife's sister's marriage act of 1907. Oh, <laughs> could the wife marry the dead husband's brother? A loophole. Oh boy. Having some of that loophole sex. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody who got jilted or something happened somewhere and they're like and you know, and someone's like, We should make it law. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> right. that's the way you did back then. I can't marry my dead wife's sister's brother's cousin that nobody can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also in nineteen oh seven, Annette Kellerman, an Australian swimmer, was the first woman to wear a one piece bathing suit. And she got arrested for it because the cops claimed they uh, indecency. Wasn't she the English Channel girl? Uh, yes, you are correct. And guess who played her in the movie? Mickey Rooney. <laughs> uh, 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 what's her name? Oh, Esther, Esther Williams. Williams. So they arrested her. Did she have anything to say in her defense? <laughs> well, oh, you know, she got a movie career. She appeared in several movies and became the first major actress to appear nude on screen in the film A Daughter of the Gods. Ooh. Do you know a year that was? Moving on. <laughs> That's a no. What else happened? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> 1907 in England, John Babacombe Lee was released from prison after surviving three attempts to hang him. Oh my God. So they went to hang him, and each time they tried to hang him, the gallows malfunctioned, and the trap door of the scaffold failed to open. Uh, and they had tested it. The executioner had tested it ahead of time and adjusted it. And finally, the medical officer refused to continue, and the proceedings were stopped. Ah. So, so, so was it three times on one day, or it was just over the course? Uh, excuse me. Just one more, <laughs> one more try. If it doesn't work, you got to let me go, right? <laughs> the interesting thing was when he went in prison, he was five foot eight. By the end of this time, he was six foot three. <laughs> uh, the only other man in history known to have survived three hanging attempts was Joseph Samuel in September 1803. And what was he in for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're such a tease. You get us so close, I and then you're just teased. like, on to the next thing. You know what else happened in 1907? I can't wait. Stockbroker Thomas Lawson releases a book entitled Friday the 13th. 
It's about a stockbroker who picks Friday the 13th as the day to manipulate the stock market and bring down all of Wall Street. And the book sold well, and it's credited with popularizing the belief that the Friday the 13th is a day full of bad luck. Is that right? That's where it all comes from. That's where it came from. Huh. Oh. Yeah. It was worth the whole hour of BSing with you guys. <laughs> just to get to that just to get to that one we're, we're we're almost finished we're we're close take your time you just pace yourself now don't wear yourself uh, december 7th <laughs> eugene Corey becomes the first referee to officiate inside a boxing ring. oh inside the box no no refs before that huh? before that what everybody was like refereeing refereeing from outside <laughs> i'll be over here if you need me you guys are on your own apparently the guy appeared as himself in alfred hitchcock's silent film the ring uh, what, what did he appear as a referee oh okay wow <laughs> i mean it's it's like all these things somebody just has to say Wait a minute. Wouldn't it be better if the ref was inside the ring? Of course, no one would do it because they're afraid of being punched. Yes. It's kind yeah. of like dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, December 25th, 1907. Did you know that until 1907, Christmas was considered criminally illegal in the United States? What? what? Uh, Apparently, back in the day, it was originally a pagan holiday. That's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> so Alabama was the first U.S. state to legalize Christmas in 1836. Oklahoma became the last state to make Christmas legal in 1870, despite the U.S. making it a federal holiday in 1870. And it wasn't until 1907 that Christmas officially became legal all over the United States. So the U.S. for around 260 years christmas was illegal that explains a lot what what does it explain uh, i don't know i was hoping you guys would fill in the holes there <laughs> i really don't know that, that's a lot of misery for kids growing up no santa no presents Do you think if kids in say i don't know 1820 woke up with presents around the christmas tree would they turn in their parents to the cops <laughs> and i'm guessing it, it could have been one of those things people were celebrating but they just weren't enforcing the law i would think right well, I don't remember like the Abe Lincoln Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> who who was the big uh, entertainer like around the Civil War time? Bay City Rollers. <laughs> Bay City Rollers. <laughs> Stephen Foster, wasn't he? He was Hello, like, "Oh, my baby." No, it wasn't. My, my darling Clementine, didn't he do that one? Oh, ever? I love that song. No, no, the things you know. Oh, Susanna. Oh, Susanna. He wrote. Hard times come, come again, again no, no more. more. <laughs> Camp Town races. Swanee River. Swanee River. My old Kentucky home. Jeannie with the light brown hair. Beautiful dreamer. You, you talking to me? <laughs> I mean, every, every one of these songs can be relived again on any Warner Brothers cartoon during the 30s and 40s. <laughs> That's true. That's how I know. And they were less uh, racist when a rabbit or a duck would sing that. <laughs> <laughs> We've made it to New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1907. The ball is dropped for the first time in Times Square, New York City. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so the ball is dropped. Do they give you any details about what that particular ball was like and where it was dropped? I'm glad you asked. Uh, it uh, had 100 incandescent 25 watt light bulbs Ooh. on a wood and iron structure five feet in diameter and weighing 700 pounds wow. and it was hoisted up with a rope well, it kind of stayed the same for a lot of years actually. yeah it was always a lit up big ass ball with right iron and bulbs and wood and mark i could see that's the pit <laughs> let me see if i got this straight you want a big lit ass ball okay on a stick 
Yeah. And lower it down. Oh, I like it. Remember, big ass. Yeah. A big ass ball, like a uh-huh. real big ass ball with lights uh-huh. and wood and metal. It comes uh-huh. down right before, like uh-huh. just before. Oh, I like this. And that's how we got to 1908, huh? <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> somehow, the uh, New Year's Eve in Times Square has changed over the year because apparently, for the first couple of years, they just yell, "Look out!" Before the rope, <laughs> yeah, before the rope, <laughs> they just yell. <laughs> People would scream in horror as they ran. Oh my god, what a year! What a year! I mean, it goes from uh, crashing sh- or sinking ships to crashing trains to-, to being hung three times in a row. <laughs> I don't care what people say. I think 1907 was a full year. It had a lot. Are people care. talking about 1907? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's enough of that. It's enough of that. <laughs> Play, Don. Fact on history is the craziest thing that you've ever heard. Fact on history is the wackiest thing in the whole wide world. It's all true. If you enjoyed that darn history, please share and let us know what you think by posting a comment. Just search for that darn history on any of your favorite social media outlets. And thanks for listening.